The following is a production of DallasCowboys.com and the Dallas Cowboys Football Club. How about them, Cowboys? Yeah! Go Cowboys! This is Girls Talk Boys Talk, presented by Jigsaw Dating, preferred dating partner of the Dallas Cowboys, and broadcasting live from Dallas Cowboys World Headquarters at the Star. Morning, everybody. Welcome to Girls Talk, Boys Talk, presented by Jigsaw, the preferred dating partner of the Dallas Cowboys. I'm Jess Navarez, joined along by Aisha Morrison here at the Star in Frisco. Our girl Haley Sutton is out in Oxnard, California, where I don't know if you saw her rocking it on the sidelines, but Haley, I just want to start off by saying we're so proud of you. You absolutely killed it, and you looked amazing while doing it. So thank you for gracing us with your talents on the sidelines during the game. It was really cool to see you, actually. And my parents were like, fangirling over the fact that you were on the side. <laughs> um, yeah, it was really cool. It's one of those things that was like a dream come true. So um, uh, it's been really nice just to get a lot of positive feedback on it and everything. So thank you. It was really nice. Yeah, good, good. Okay, so ladies, our Zach Martin watch is officially over. Thank goodness. I'm so, so glad that... Uh, He's reported back to Oxnard. Haley, I want to start with you because Zach officially uh, back and on, an, on a new restructured contract. The deal is guaranteed for two years, basically around $18 million per year. He did get $18 million worth of a pay raise. So there's 18 million, or 8 million reasons, if you will, that Cowboys fans can rejoice today uh, as Zach returns to camp. I saw that he landed. Did you get to talk to him yesterday when he was officially feet on ground, back at practice, ready to go? No, I don't think anyone got a chance to talk to him. Um, I know Patrick and uh, Nick Harris tried to stake him out for about an hour, and they missed <laughs> him. I think he was already here on campus um, as they were waiting. Uh, but I did see him. I, I got a chance to see him in the lunchroom, and I also saw him. Uh, he was chatting it up with uh, Terrence Steele and Josh Ball. So I imagine he's just trying to get his feet wet. And honestly, even if I did see him, I probably wouldn't have spoken to him. I probably just would have said hello, given the fact that probably today will be a media circus in terms of uh, speaking to him. But uh, <laughs> It is good to see him. He is here, and I think he will practice today. Absolutely. And Aisha, let's go back to you. What do you feel about this deal for Zach? Do you like it? Uh, this does make him the third most paid guard within the league uh, behind Quentin Nelson and Chris Lindstrom, which we know is Alec Lindstrom's uh, brother. What do you feel about this deal for Zach? Well, first of all, I didn't know that last part, so I didn't know yeah. that was his brother. But um, it's a it's a fair deal, and it's what he deserves. I mean, this gentleman is one of the has been one of the best guards in the league for quite some time. He's been reliable, and so for the Cowboys to take care of him in this window that they're trying to attack, winning a championship, I thought was very important for the foundation of what they're trying to do offensively. And now we're going to be able to see some of that. I think even more of that West Coast because you have a guy that can get out there on the outside to the second level and do all the things. Yeah, absolutely. And so, Haley, when we were talking, you know, kind of about the O-line last week, we were talking about, you know, this, these guys really do support Zach Martin, right? And there's no, no such thing as a lunch line when it comes to these deals that need to be made, especially when you're talking in terms of a veteran player like Zach Martin. When you've been in Oxnard and the conversation was brought up between, you know, media, players, conversations you've had with players, what have they really said? And so have you gotten a chance to catch up with any now? I know Tank was talking to some media about it before the deal had even happened. What are you hearing from some of the guys over there about it? 
Um, I mean, it's tough. You know, he Zach didn't get here until late yesterday afternoon. At that point, practice is over. So, I mean, we haven't really had a chance to talk to any of the players. Um, we get Mike McCarthy on our normal scheduled uh, press conference at 10:15. So, I'm sure the first question that Clarence Hill will ask him is about that. <laughs> um, but I mean, like, we know the we know the general vibe of this team and how they feel for Zach Martin. We we know every single one of these players. I mean, even just seeing on social media how excited they were. Uh, Dak Prescott sharing Zach's little Michael Jordan-esque tweet and Instagram story that he put out yesterday. Um, Tank talking about it yesterday. We'll be fine. We'll see Zach real soon. I don't think anybody was worried except for, you know, Cowboys fans and maybe, you know, some of the media members to a degree. Um, I, I, I kind of feel like this was a deal that was always going to get done. It just was kind of prioritizing what was important at the minute. And we know that Jerry Jones also loves talking points. Um, but I think it's good. I'm glad that they were able to come to an agreement. I think it, you'll see a noticeable difference within that offensive line, obviously, with him lining up in, in the mix. But uh, I think Mike McCarthy's focus is still on getting some of these young guys reps, especially while you have the opportunity to do so in training camp. So I think Zach Martin's role in coming back to Oxnard before that first game against the Giants is really going to be helping out sorting who's playing where on that offensive line. Very good way to put it. And by the way, uh, if you're watching and you have any questions for any of us about anything today, you can text the Cowboys podcast chat line at 817-290-3298. Again, 817-290-3298. I feel like a salesperson when I'm <laughs> Um Aisha, I'm going to defer back to you because during this time we have seen videos circulating of Zach Martin getting to work with Duke Mannyweather. What does that do for guys like Zach? Of course, we know Duke has uh, a leg legacy of, of building up these offensive line guys what essentially how does that help keep Zach in shape during this time that he hasn't been in practice yeah he actually mentioned it he mentioned that hey you know I'm not I'm not I think he did an interview with ESPN I, I don't know if it was a he he talked I, I saw a quote from him saying that sure. hey um, I've been working out and he's been working with the skills guys you know Duke and whatever but nothing can replicate you know, game. Nothing can replicate like what he's gonna get in practice. Um, it's just allowing him to stay sharp. He looked great in his workouts, of course. This guy's a vet. He's been doing this a long time. So um, it just kind of showed that he was just trying to stay ready. You know, despite the fact that he was holding out in that time. And uh, I think that's gonna be good for him to obviously be in shape when he gets here. And we'll see him get active this week. Absolutely. And something that you know we can talk on and on about is Zach Martin's veteran leadership that he brings to this young room. And it's so important, especially. When when you're talking about these young guys that are really trying to add depth to that offensive line, which we saw in the preseason game we'll get into in our next segment, uh, as far as how he can help elevate some of these guys and take them to the next level. So I'm really excited uh, to see what he does back at practice today, how he looks. Um, I have a really good feeling that it's not going to be a drop-off from the last time we saw Zach Martin. So let's cut this segment a little bit short. Again, if you guys have any questions, you can text 817-290-3298. In the next segment, we're going to talk all about the offense. We're talking about the offensive line and some of the key players. Make sure to stay tuned. We'll be right back. At Jigsaw Dating, we obviously want the Cowboys to bring that sixth ring home. But to be honest, we're more focused on finding the person who will put a ring on your finger. That's why we created a dating app that reveals your face through meaningful conversation so you can date deeper. Because it's personality that matters the most, not looks. Join Jigsaw Dating today, dating partner of the Dallas Cowboys.
If you've been thinking about weight loss surgery, My Bariatric Solutions has made it easier for you to schedule your initial consultation from the safety, comfort, and convenience of your own home. You'll meet one-on-one with a bariatric surgeon over a private and secure video call. You'll learn everything you need to know about the options available and which procedure is best for you. If you've been considering weight loss surgery and are ready to take the first step, call My Bariatric Solutions today at 844-326-6266. That's 844-326-6266 or go to MyBariatricSolutions.com. We know that juicy, cheesy, grilled-to-perfection burger sounds amazing, but it does sound like something is missing. Pepsi, baby! The yin to this burger's yang. Burgers and Pepsi go together like, well, like burgers and Pepsi. This perfect blending of flavors makes every bite of lettuce, every sesame seed on the bun, and every sip of that crisp, refreshing, ice-cold cola a journey to Foodopia. Burgers, better with Pepsi. That's what I like. Hi, I'm Danny McRae, Dallas Cowboys alumni player here with Smoothie King. And Smoothie King wants to ask you, what's that sound? That's the sound of you and everyone else absolutely loving new smoothie bowls from Smoothie King. And woo, me too. These smoothie bowls start with acai and pitaya and are handcrafted with fresh toppings like sliced bananas, sweet berries, crunchy purely Elizabeth granola, and a savory peanut butter drizzle. New smoothie bowls, only at Smoothie King, the official smoothie of the Dallas Cowboys. Hey, it's Kaylee Cuoco for Priceline. Ready to go to your happy place for a happy price? Well, why didn't you say so? Just download the Priceline app right now and save up to 60% on hotels. So whether it's Cousin Kevin's Kazoo concert in Kansas City, go Kevin! Or Becky's Bachelorette Bash in Bermuda. You never have to miss a trip ever again. So download the Priceline app today. Your savings are waiting. Go to your happy place for a happy price. Go to your happy price. Priceline. Welcome back to Girls Talk, Boys Talk, presented by Jigsaw, the preferred dating partner of the Dallas Cowboys. We are talking all about the Cowboys offense in their first preseason game of 2023. But first, the Emmy Award winning docuseries Deep Blue, presented by Pepsi, is back. Check out the season's four episodes on Cowboys Now, YouTube, Twitter and Facebook, or visit DallasCowboys.com slash Deep Blue. All right. Cannot wait to see that. Ladies, the Dallas Cowboys falling short in their first preseason game to the Jacksonville Jaguars, 28-23. to Some stats to include is that the offense had 340 total yards, 246 of which were passing and 94 of which were rushing. Now, if this was not a preseason game, that would be very alarming, obviously, but I want to preface, preface the rest of this conversation to say it's preseason and there are things that we can take away from it. But again, the sky is not falling. We're good. Um, ladies, I'm going to defer to you guys first. Initial impressions of what you saw at the game. Aisha, I'll go to you first, and then Haley will bounce back to you. Mm, my initial impressions? In initial impressions, just I, what you saw from the offense. I don't know. I was just trying to see the, the tempo of the offense and just how well they mesh. Now, you know, when you, go on, you talk about it being preseason, there's no game planning for the other team. So there's not, like, a lot of... I guess schematic stuff going on as far as how to beat your opponent. It's just them going out there and it's it honestly it's kind of like a scrimmage where you're just trying different stuff. So what I was just trying to see was some of the route concepts and some of the things they did. Really I was looking at the running backs and how much they were involved and I'm sure we'll talk about that. But 
I just kind of wanted to see the flow of things, especially with Mike McCarthy getting back into the driver's seat as a play caller, what that kind of looked like. And I really, I think from overall, I like the pace of everything. And um, I felt like as the game went on, the offense did begin to get more comfortable. And you could also tell that Mike McCarthy got more comfortable in his play calling once you got into like that third, that second, late to second into the third quarter. Haley, what were some of the things you were wanting to look at going into the game and what did you learn after, you know, just kind of skimming over your notes, uh, watching back and studying everything afterwards? Um, I think I was impressed with most of the wide receivers that got some time. I think Jalen Tolbert to me was um, sensational. Um, I wish he wouldn't have got that weird offensive pass interference call against him. Um, but what I liked is that he didn't let that rattle him and he turned back out and he ended up scoring a fantastic touchdown. So um, I thought Jalen Tolbert was really impressive. I thought John Stevens was really impressive given the fact that he used to be a wide receiver and is now trying to play tight end uh, in a crowded tight end room, I would say. Um, so I think from the offensive standpoint, that was what was impressive. And I know he didn't have the best game, but I also really liked some of the stuff that Will Greer did. And again, mm -hmm. it goes back to just staying confident, staying poised whenever you're not playing your best maybe at one moment, and then he would turn around and make a sensational play to keep the game going, and that's what you want out of your backup quarterback. Um, so I think there's a lot to improve on. I, I was really interested in seeing, kind of like Aisha said, the uh, West Coast offense and how that would look different from what we had seen in uh, seasons past. I liked the tempo. I liked that there was a couple of times when they tried to go no hurry, no huddle, or they tried to go no huddle, mm -hmm. um, hurry up. So I thought that there was a lot of good things there. And Mike McCarthy even joked yesterday about how the play caller, he was speaking in third person, uh, which was a little funny. But just the, um, the fact that he even took some accountability that he's still working back into the groove of calling plays. So it's all a work in progress, and you can't take these preseason games too you know, deeply. Um, I also thought that the running backs were good given the situation. You know, you're playing with a different set of offensive linemen every other down, and you're trying to find rhythm, and everyone's trying to understand their role. I thought Rico Dowdle looked really great. I thought Deuce Vaughn was very impressive. Um, Malik Davis, I think, will get there. But uh, I think overall it was a pretty good showing for the first game. Absolutely. And something I really wanted to look at going into this West Coast offense was how the tight ends would block and kind of who could help be more of that blocking asset within that room and so I really liked first of all let's start with Jake Ferguson yes. hello Jake Ferguson uh, with that yak ability oh my goodness he was stretching out have you ever seen the Incredibles and like Elastigirl how she can stretch <laughs> out that is literally what Jake Ferguson reminded me of instantly with how long he was uh, making his body look and he's a tall guy he has a good wingspan but the ability to actually utilize it on the field and then create that yard after that yardage after catch was just incredible to see the physicality uh, that he was playing with. I think Luke Schoonmaker had some good blocks with him. I, I saw him blocking uh, during that game, and I was really impressed by what I saw with the snaps he got. Uh, Sean McCune also blocking there. Uh, Peyton Hendershot, I think, uh, was great at blocking. I just would like to see a little bit more of him as uh, this week continues on and then into the next preseason game as well. So I'm really excited to see the tight end involvement within this West Coast offense because I think all of us were just screaming for more of that and to see it, you know, in this in the styles that we did with Jake Ferguson and that turnaround 
catch that he got, especially when he's uh, on double coverage there, was just absolutely incredible. So I'm really excited uh, for that as well. But, Haley, I want to go back to you real quick because you were on the sidelines during the game, as we know. What did you see? Because this was Brian Schottenheimer's first game as the Dallas Cowboys offensive coordinator. Did you get to see anything that Brian was really doing on the sidelines? What did you notice from him uh, and how the players were maybe interacting with him? Yeah, the sideline was tough. We were wired into an IFB cord, so my range of motion was very limited in terms <laughs> of where I could go because I had so many cords. Um, so I didn't get very up close and personal with much behind the bench. Um, but I will say that he was very active with the quarterbacks and all of them were, you know, it was every time there was that one play where uh, it was fourth down and we knew that Mike probably was going to go for it. But Will Greer still came over to the sideline. He had conversations with both Cooper and Dak and then talked to Shotty a little bit about what was going on. Um, and I was kind of reading up on Schottenheimer prior to the game just so I could be well versed. And he talked a lot about his role behind Mike McCarthy, because as we know, Mike is the one calling the plays. And it kind of had me wondering, you know, well, what does that mean for Shotty? Like, what does that mean his role is going to be? And I'm flipping through my notes here so I can make sure that I get um, the quote right here. Uh, and he said before we left, he said, quote, we're going to play based on our guys and what we've done well. The Cowboys have run the ball well, and we're going to continue to do that. And so that, I think, was kind of the focus going into the game. And he also went on to add that his role in coaching with Mike McCarthy as the offensive coordinator is to actually watch how the defense is reading what they're doing. So while he's an offensive coordinator, he's actually paying attention to how the defense is reacting to what plays Mike's calling. He then goes to Mike and says, hey, so-and-so is biting here or they're pressed up a little bit higher here or they're dropping more people back in coverage in order to, you know, contain our wide receivers. Um, so I thought that was interesting. He's definitely much more of like a, a general on the sideline behind Mike McCarthy kind of helping dictate how the team, other team is reacting. Um, and I thought that was an interesting role because I haven't really, you know, talked to enough OCs to kind of know what their game day routine is. But, um, but yeah, I think he's a great presence out there. You can tell that McCarthy has a lot of respect for what Schottenheimer brings to the table. The guys are really, really high on, on him as a coach as well. And he's, he's a cool guy. You know, he's got a lot yeah. of swag as well. A lot of the guys on this offense are very swaggy. So it's nice to see that their offensive coordinator can be that same have that same relationship with them. Also, I don't know if you've noticed the tattoo on his arm right here. Uh, when I was in Oxnard, I was sitting next to Patrick and we were talking about it and I was squinting. I was like, what does his tattoo say when he was doing this? And I believe it says Faith Family Football uh, tattooed on his arm right there, which I thought which, uh, was pretty cool. Aisha, going back to what Haley said, did you see any of that when you were going back watching film? So yeah, I went back and just kind of watched uh, some of the interaction on the sideline and yeah. Haley, to your point, yeah, you saw any time that Will Grimm made a mistake or even with Cooper Rush, he was so active and he got to those guys immediately and was talking to them and kind of, you know, telling them they're on the iPad, you know, flipping through stuff. But um, to your point, Haley, I listened to uh, Brian Schottenheimer's interview he did uh, maybe, maybe a week ago. And um, it was just so interesting to kind of hear him, like you said, talk about his role and what he was going to be doing. And he really mentioned that he's going to be helping a lot with the preparation as well to make things easier for Mike, to make things easier for Mike come game day. Mm -hmm. But I actually really like the idea of there being a second, a second voice on the sideline sometime because, you know, I, I know that Mike McCarthy's a head coach and he's done this for a long time, but sometimes when you're in the emotion of the game, it's cool to have somebody just be like, hey, hey, I'm seeing something that maybe you're not even seeing. Mm -hmm. Like, no one is without, you know, without 
um, help in that way to get information. So I like that there's a second voice of reason that can see different things. And if you look across the league, a lot of the best offenses, the, the Chiefs, um, the Bills, like a lot of these offenses have a secondary play caller or a guy that is there to kind of, you know, see some of the things that maybe the head coach doesn't see or to just kind of keep things in order. So I really like that the Cowboys are taking on this more futuristic idea of the offensive on the offensive side of having you know another gentleman there to um, shore up things sometimes and Aisha we got a text in our uh, podcast chat line for you this is from Mario in South Texas he mm. says Aisha you mentioned you were looking for scheme and route concepts in the game there were 10 catches by running backs is that a coincidence or a sign of things to come for this Texas Coast offense no. Thanks, Mario for sending that. no not a coincidence at all like that is one that's actually one thing that I expected and you even saw them try to set up some screens which we haven't seen much and um, the West Coast really allows your playmakers to do the playmaking it really is supposed to be to where there's going to be a lot more yak you mentioned yak earlier there should be a lot more yak opportunities in this West Coast in the way that it's run and um, that's why a lot if you look at even this past draft class if you're if your running back is not a running back that can be a receiver sometimes it's honestly almost a tick mark off of off of that that player because it's such a prominent part of that position now to also be a pass catcher. Um, so Deuce Vaughn actually mentioned that to us when he talked to us on the draft. It's just how important that was to implement being a pass um, a pass catcher in his game because he understands that that's a lot of how the league is going now from the running back position. Very good stuff. Let's talk offensive line concerns, ladies. Uh, mm -hmm. The O-line allowed four sacks within the game. Again, this is just preseason. The sky's not falling. I just want to preface that every single time we say this because, again, this is a time to learn, a time to go back, watch film, study, and correct those mistakes before the regular season starts. But um, are, are we concerned with the depth? Obviously, Zach Martin is back. That kind of will fix things up. But it's probably unlikely that we see Zach Martin get any preseason snaps as we know Mike McCarthy is very high on allowing the starters to kind of sit out during preseason, let the young guys show what they have and go from there. Haley, where are you with where what the O-line did and where are the areas of concern that you want to see kind of start to be addressed during their, their week of practice leading up to their next game in Seattle? Uh, yeah, you're kind of breaking up in my in my headphones a little bit. I think you asked me about the offensive line. Yep. Um, I I, I want to say um, I kind of I I said this last night on our camping out podcast that we did. Um, I think that we all just kind of need to pump the brakes a little bit and give these guys a chance to you know play some football. Uh, and, and the thing that I keep reminding people is that a lot of these guys haven't played football in a long time, so the first preseason game isn't going to be perfect. Uh, that being said, um, it, it's tough because, you know, yes, they've been practicing out here. They've been going against one another for two straight weeks. Uh, and you get in the game and it's completely different. You know, you're playing against different guys that you don't know anything about. Um, so I don't know that I'm concerned necessarily. Do I need to see more? Absolutely. But I think that, again, bringing back that veteran presence in Zach Martin will uh, provide a little bit of a, of a boost of energy in that room. He'll, you know, we know that he's a vocal leader. We know that he, you know, has a tendency to help some of these younger guys uh, and lift them up and I think also just having a role model to kind of look mm -hmm. to and go to you know in these situations is going to be really important for them because when you look at every position across the board every 
spot kind of has that. The cornerbacks have Stephon Gilmore. The defensive line has Micah Parsons and, and Tank. Uh, you know, everywhere, on, every position on this team has that kind of leader that they can go to. So um, I, I wouldn't say I'm concerned about the depth. I would say I need to see more, definitely. And I'm hoping that this last week here in Oxnard, you'll see a little bit of a difference. But also you have to keep in mind, too, that there was no continuity on the offensive Absolutely. line in the game on Saturday. There were so many different combinations that – Mm-hmm. You were you were going to have some of those issues, um, and so I think, again, just continuing. I want to continue to emphasize to people: give these guys grace because they're not going to be perfect. A lot of them, this is their first professional football, and while we are working towards being a perfect O line, um, first string, second string, even third string, I, I think we got to give them a chance to play another game just to kind of see how they adjust after having their first game, if that makes sense. Yeah. Say it. Let them know, Haley. Yeah. It was such a good point you made about the fact that um, almost every position on that offensive line kind of has a, a mentor there. Uh, the guard spot is one of the only places where there's not a, a, a veteran, like an older veteran, to, to step in. So I thought that was a good point you made, Haley. But also, um, I agree with you in regard to the offensive line. When I go back, when I went back and looked at the film, I was actually encouraged by a lot of the things that I saw from some of these guys on this offensive line. Um, I know a lot of people, especially covering the draft, that a lot of people wanted the Cowboys to go uh, offensive line early. But one thing about Mike McCarthy, and if you look at his tenure at Green Bay, he was able to find offensive linemen later in the in the draft process. And I think that they might have did that this year also, too. When you look at uh, um, T.J. Bass, who I thought mm-hmm. stepped in and was really yep. good um, at, at that right guard position, Earl Bostic came in and played tackle. That gentleman, um, he looks stout. I liked his technique. I like some of the th- things I saw from him. Um, Matt Farniak also, too, was a gentleman. Like It wasn't all clean, like you said, Haley, but there were some things to work upon. Uh, Matt Willetsko, you know, he's on time, I think, with his progression and where he's getting, and they will get better. Um, these preseason games are going to be huge, but I would be lying to you. Um, Austin Richards, too, can't go without mentioning him. Uh, he stepped in, didn't even get a full week of practice at that spot and had to come in, I'm assuming, because Edoga did get injured during the um, the week. But I was so encouraged, y'all, by a lot of the stuff that I saw from this young offensive line. And there's a lot of gentlemen that they can develop that I think will be um, steady steady backups to this offensive line. There's a lot of encouraging tape out there. So um, I agree with you, Haley. Give these guys some time, and we might have some good depth players. Yeah, and not only that, but let's add the human emotion of this, right? I mean, put it in terms of the first day of a job for anybody, right? Whether it's you watching or any of us, Mm -hmm. the first day of a job is always very nerve-wracking. So I'm sure a lot of these guys kind of had to shake off those nerves. And that's a big ask. I mean, you're playing for America's team on the largest stage you can really play on, right? And you're, you're competing for a roster spot. So I think this was a great game to shake those nerves off, get some highlights, get some tape to learn from, and go from there. Something else I wanted to make sure to mention was, look, the Cowboys, yes, were the ones that cover them. So obviously that's going to be the focal point. But the Jags also didn't have a clean game either. I mean, again, both sides were learning. Both sides were trying out things to see what would work. Um, And it's, yeah, it's fair to say exactly echoing what Haley said. 
just give these guys a little bit of grace. And the, the good thing about it is that this gives you uh, a good perspective of what they can work on for these next couple of weeks. For example, I think the ball security is one big emphasis that they're going to go into this week of practice and, you know, really shore up. I'm not concerned uh, about it. I think that's what preseason is for in terms of Kevontae Turpin. I'm not concerned about his ball security issues. I'm not concerned about Rico Dowdle because, again, it was. It just seemed like a little bit of a miscue when Rico Dowdle um, had that fumble. And ah, oh, man, that that one I really wanted him it to hurt. have because he he looked so good on that run. And of course, it was on the one yard line. But I don't think ball security is something to be that concerned about. I think again, it's something that it, it gives them something to practice and really make sure that it's shored up. And so by week three of the preseason, I'm I'm curious to see where that is. Uh, there as well. Don't forget you can text us your questions at our Cowboys podcast chat line 817-290-3298. We're going to take a little bit of a break and then when we come back we're going to talk special teams and defense. Who were our star players of the game? Find out. This is Girls Talk, Boys Talk uh, sponsored by Jigsaw, the preferred dating partner of the Dallas Cowboys and we'll be right back. At Jigsaw Dating, we obviously want the Cowboys to bring that sixth ring home. But to be honest, we're more focused on finding the person who will put a ring on your finger. That's why we created a dating app that reveals your face through meaningful conversation. So you can date deeper. Because it's personality that matters the most, not looks. Join Jigsaw Dating today. Dating partner of the Dallas Cowboys. You know that sound anywhere. It's the crisp crunch of that first nacho chip. With its perfect cheese to sour cream ratio sitting atop a layer of delicious beans, it's a sip away from perfection. That's what we're looking for. Add a delicious, refreshing Pepsi and we've achieved absolute nacho nirvana. Because while you can pile those nachos high with every spicy, cheesy, savory topping, there's no topping a cool Pepsi finish. Nachos, better with Pepsi. That's what I like. If you've been thinking about weight loss surgery, My Bariatric Solutions has made it easier for you to schedule your initial consultation from the safety, comfort, and convenience of your own home. You'll meet one-on-one with a bariatric surgeon over a private and secure video call. You'll learn everything you need to know about the options available and which procedure is best for you. If you've been considering weight loss surgery and are ready to take the first step, call My Bariatric Solutions today at 844-326-6266. That's 844-326-6266 or go to MyBariatricSolutions.com. I'm Dak Prescott, quarterback of the Dallas Cowboys. Blockchain.com is one of the most trusted ways to buy, sell, and trade crypto. Whether you're always on the go or stay closer to home, Blockchain.com is just a few taps away. Put the power of crypto in your pocket so no matter where you are, you can trade on your terms and build a crypto portfolio to fit your life. For crypto pros, rookies, and anyone in between, Blockchain.com makes it easy to own a piece of the future. Blockchain.com, trusted by millions, trusted by America's team. Another day is here, and you're ready for it. What to wear? Check. Breakfast, lunch, and dinner? Check. Planning for what's next and how to save for it? That's where Bank of America can help. For your financial to-dos, Bank of America has experts ready to help get you closer to your goals. Get started at one of our local financial centers or 24-7 in our mobile banking app. Find a location near you at bankofamerica.com slash talk to us. What would you like the power to do? Mobile banking requires downloading the app and is only available for select devices. Message and data rates may apply. Bank of America and a member FDSE.
back to Girls Talk, Boys Talk, presented by Jigsaw, the preferred dating partner of the Dallas Cowboys. We're talking Cowboys offense. But first, watch two of Texas's best high school football teams face off in the third annual Jerry Jones Classic, presented by Whataburger. Oh, I love Whataburger. The Rockwell Yellow Jackets will take on the Cedar Hill Longhorns on Saturday, August 26th at 1 p.m. under the lights at the Ford Center at the Start in Frisco. Get your tickets now at SeatGeek.com. You won't want to miss it. Sounds good. Also, make sure to text us any of your questions you might have in this last segment. You can text our Cowboys podcast chat line at 817-290-3298. All right, ladies, time to talk some special teams and defense. Let's get this out of the way. Let's talk special teams first. Are we concerned about Brandon Aubrey? We know he missed that one extra point. But really, other than that, he was pretty much nailing it uh, through the upright. So are, are you concerned at all? Is this just something that, again, it is just preseason, give him that grace? Or is that nagging voice in the back of your head saying, bring someone else in, Aisha? You know what's crazy? I was literally just talking to uh, Brian about this, Brian brought us about this, and I feel like we're at this point with kicker in the NFL it's, it's somewhat of a transitional period where we've, we've seen some of the, the greats, the guys that, you know, have the, the big names, the automatic guys, the Crosbys, those gentlemen, Tucker's anomaly. Um, these gentlemen are starting to get older. And, you know, as far as the draft, it's hard to draft a kicker. It's hard to find a kicker. And so I really do think that they're going to have to possibly stick it out with this guy because if you do bring in an older veteran it's a band-aid it's still just a band-aid it's still maybe just like this year and you may have to be looking for a kicker you know the next year so I I was actually encouraged by by um by Aubrey and what I saw from him one of the biggest things was can he kick you know the long ball can he do that and making the 56 yarders before practice his touchbacks were just flawless so um and crazy enough extra the extra points have been what's hurt a lot of kickers in the NFL lately. It doesn't make any sense. It's so weird. But that's literally been one of the weirdest things, like one of the things that has been an issue. So I would hope for he hope for him to shore that up. But I would I'm at a point to where I'm okay with them riding it out and trying to instill confidence and develop this guy and let him flourish here as opposed to putting a Band-Aid on it and going to get an, another guy just for this season because it's just going to be this cycle yeah. every year. Break the cycle. And, you know, Jerry Jones has been very vocal about wanting to keep a younger kicker on this roster. He, I remember uh, it was draft night. We were talking to him. And I asked him, I said, Jerry, how do you feel about kicker? And this was right after, you know, the Brett Maher conversation uh, was kind of put to rest. He said, I want someone younger because they don't get the yips as much. So um, I, I think, you know, you have that draft and develop mindset when it comes to the draft, but you also can get that acquire and develop mindset too, especially when it comes to young younger players like Brandon, who does have some professional uh, experience, not in the NFL, but he has that professional experience. He knows how to handle pressure as well. And I think you're seeing that pressure kind of taken off now that he's the only kicker on the roster. It's his job to lose at this point. Yeah. So um, I, I'm encouraged by him. I'm not too worried about it. Um, but what I do really want to see during practice this week is, you know, how he continues to go about practice. Of course. Um, really what the struggles is, our struggles are for him because I've noticed it's really those 40-yarders that kind of get him when he does miss from long distances. Um, so I'm excited to see more from him at this point. Haley, 
Uh, you being a former soccer player, yeah, I think yeah, this yeah. is the coolest thing ever for you to have um, this kicker on the roster who has a soccer background. What has it been like talking to Brandon Aubrey about that soccer background and kind of connecting on that level with him? Yeah, we're hoping to do a story with him either today or tomorrow oh, cool. um, about that. So I've got some cool stuff cooking up. Um, I did just want to go back uh, just talking about him in general. Um, I kind of got a little feisty last night in our Camping Out podcast when talking about Brandon Aubrey because I think, to your point, um, both you and uh, Aisha, the kicker position is kind of weird, especially here for the Cowboys because of the drama that we've had over the last few seasons. And uh, I, I kind of got on Patrick and Kyle a little bit yesterday about it because <laughs> we're still deciding if we're in or we're out on the sky. And as much as football is a sport, as much as it is a skill, you also have to instill in these guys belief Absolutely. because if we don't believe Sad. in Brandon Aubrey, if everything that's coming out of our mouths and out of the team's mouths and out of every out of everyone's mouth is, oh well, it's his job to lose. That's tough, mm -hmm. and I know it's our job to be critical of these guys and to analyze what they're doing because we want this team to be successful. But it's impossible for someone to be successful when the narrative surrounding him is, oh, well, he's got to do this or he's got to do that. Like, he knows the expectations that are on him. He knows <laughs> that. And so I, I just want everybody to take a second, to take a step back and, and give him an opportunity to be the kicker. He's, he's been the only kicker on the roster for six days now at this point. Six days. That's it. And it's hard to kick here in Oxnard. Jess, you were here. The wind mm -hmm. is strange. They kick into these weird trees where there's a bunch of fans. And I'm not saying that that should be a reason why he misses field goals. He still, at the end of the day, has to come out and do his job. So I'm not saying that he can't come out here and, and, and just not perform and still make the roster. But I think we need to change the narrative whenever we discuss some of these players because we have to remember that these guys are people first. Brandon Aubrey is a person first. So when he puts on his left shoe, that's a football cleat, and his right shoe, that's a soccer cleat, He's still a person that's doing that. So I just wanted to get that out of the way because I'm super passionate. It's not just Brandon Aubrey. It's all of these guys. You know, we, we watch them under a microscope and, and we, we root for their downfall or we're waiting for them to do something wrong. And it's not, it's not fair to these guys. So um, I just wanted to, to get that <laughs> out of the way. Um, Let it out, girl. In terms of the soccer ability, <laughs> in terms of the soccer ability, though, I think it has a lot of benefits. I think kicking a soccer ball, you learn uh, pretty early technique in terms of how what part of your foot affects how a ball uh, spins. Mm. Uh, most of the time when you're trying to kick a soccer ball with a lot of power, you use your shoelaces or the outside, the inner outside of your foot. Um, I think that translates well to kicking a football. Um, so I am excited to dive a little bit more deeply in with him and just kind of figure out his mechanics and, and how he's sort of translated his soccer skills to the football field. Um, but, yeah, I think give him a chance. We haven't given him a chance yet. He had one game. He missed a PAT. Uh, as someone on our podcast pointed out yesterday on the Camping Out podcast, I think it was just a little bit rushed. Um, and as a result, he kind of lost his setup and his steps and all of that. So uh, I'll be watching him this week for sure. But uh, I want to emphasize that I am rooting for Brandon Aubrey because I think it's important that he hears that people are rooting for him. Yeah, and I don't think I meant to come off like we're not. I mean, it's, it is. No, it's, no, no, he's no, no, the no, only not one you. on there. Not you, Jess. Yeah, no, because I said that he, it was you. his job to lose. And I'm like, no, no, like, I, he's the only one. Like, we have to root for him. I mean, we do. And, and whether people like the decision or not, like, 
He's here to stay. And again, he wouldn't be in this position if he didn't have skill. Like, people seem to forget that you're not in the NFL just by luck or by chance. You have to have skill acquired to be able to do that. Um, we could go on this whole thing with Brandon Aubrey for a little while because it is something that I'm glad you addressed. But we have to talk defense because we have like six minutes left and I want to get into the defense uh, because there are some guys that like absolutely deserve the praise. Aisha, I'm going to defer back to you. Who are some of the guys that just caught your eye immediately? And I have a feeling I know a good chunk of them, but who are some of the guys that like really gave you hope and showed you what this, you know, younger group is made of? In oh, yeah, team? absolutely, man. The Jaguars, they ran out their, their first team offense and Cowboys second string defense was like, okay, well, what's up? And so <laughs> I'm, I'm going to let Haley talk about 33. I'm going to let her talk about her guy. But I, yeah. Demarion overshone his play is not overshown at all uh, he's undershown at this, this point. man this one this woman here but <laughs> um getting to see his length his instincts um this gentleman is not a huge guy but he plays really physical i i saw some ferocity from him and if if that's what your your backup or your your third you know your third linebacker looks like he might be cooking with gas they were so active in the run against the run um i thought that quentin bohanna and uh, Mozzie Smith came together, and they, they put together some good reps. I was also really impressed. Um, I think I was also really impressed by Isaiah Land towards the end of the game. He's yeah. a defensive defensive lineman they brought in from FAMU. He's someone um, you've been talking about for a minute. Yeah, I was I was like, yeah I was excited minute. to see him get after it. He he drew I think two or three holds towards the end of that game and. Um, just as three. a unit. It was three in a row. Well, we'll, there fix, you go. we'll fix me. Yeah, three. Fix me. It was three in a row. <laughs> yes, he was in, He was impressive <laughs> himself. Um, and crazy enough, this is my last guy, um, Josh Butler is a gentleman, a cornerback that they brought in. And um, towards the end of that game, I, I just liked how active he was. And he was hyping himself up. But he made a couple. He had a couple PBUs that were impressive. And Marquise Bell just all over the place a million tackles very active and again if that is like your backup to donovan wilson yeah. how encouraged are you that yeah. you have a guy that can come in and and really replicate a lot of donovan wilson's play and keeps and keeps that intensity so those are probably the, the guys that stood out to me the most um ring and that bell, uh, ring yeah that bell. <laughs> yeah but demarvion overshone he said before the game he was like hey man this is the day before the game you guys interviewed him Haley. he was like this is a real game to me I don't know about y'all, but like, and he mm -hmm. came out there and he played like it. So, just so much encouraging play from this this second this second unit of the defense. Um, and yeah, I'm I'm looking to see how that front seven continues to develop. Haley, I have a good feeling I know who you're going to mention yeah, here. Who are some of your guys uh, that really stood out to you in this Cowboys defense? Yeah, I, um, I want to talk about Damone Clark, but I want to go back to Overshone uh, mm -hmm. just for a minute, Aisha, because you um, the little like my little light bulb kind of went off as you were talking. Whenever we went down to ARP um, and we got a chance to interview his old defensive coordinator, uh, he word for word, bar for bar, said what you just said about him. Um, his sophomore year, he had a growth spurt, and we saw some aggression out of him that we hadn't seen before. And that's exactly what you saw from Overshone on Saturday. We knew what he could bring to the table out here at camp, uh, but game time it's different. And I think mm -hmm. for a lot of these guys, when the lights come on, that's when they shine. And so I love that you pointed that out, just because as soon as you said that, I was like, ah, I've heard that before. <laughs> um, so yeah, I was impressed with uh, with Overshone, um, but I was really impressed with Damone Clark. And 
and we don't have time for me to rant about how much I am obsessed with that kid in terms mm -hmm. of his uh, playing ability, his dedication to the game. Um, but man, he was everywhere. He was everywhere. I, and even on the sideline when they told him, like, okay, that's enough, you could physically see how disappointed he was <laughs> no. that he wasn't going like to play number two. <laughs> right. Um, yeah, Micah number two, literally. Um, so I just thought that that was really, really great. Damone's a really special guy, um, and I think if this is what we get from him out of the preseason, pff, buckle up, Giants fans. Right. Um, but to your point uh, about Josh Butler, Aisha, it's interesting because this is a guy the Cowboys brought in, uh, I believe it was the first week of training camp. They signed him uh, from the USFL as well. Um, and I didn't know anything about him uh, other than that he's TikTok famous. Yes. Um, he has like 3 million TikTok followers. <laughs> yes. um, and he actually has a really great story as well. Um, I, his his um, senior night, he lost both of his parents tragically. And so for his senior night uh, during his football season, he brought his two dogs out. Yeah. Um, and those were his escorts for him during his senior night. And so, of course, his dogs have become part of his personality now. So uh, that's really all I knew about Josh Butler. He didn't look very good at practice out here for the first couple of weeks. So it was a breath of fresh air seeing him in the game, seeing, you know, like you said, Aisha, he's hyping himself up. He was making plays and he was high-fiving himself <laughs> and, and, you know, really um, giving himself his own flowers. So I really, really liked that. But, yeah, I would definitely say Damone Clark for me um, really stood out. Isaiah Land as well. Um, he had those three back-to-back-to-back -back holding penalties. In the, er, and the only reason why I knew that, Aisha, was because I was begging the truck to, like, take me on the sidelines so I could share some <laughs> Isaiah Land nuggets and every single time we couldn't because the flags were being thrown and we had to listen to the um, we had to listen to the call from the from the officials so um, I did walk with him though off of the field afterwards like, after the game was done um, and I said how are you how are you feeling and he said much better after that you know like I feel like I went out there there's still some things I could get better at but he was grinning ear to ear he was mm. excited um, I accidentally made him miss the entrance to go into the locker room so then he had to run back <laughs> going to the locker room um, but yeah really great kids I feel bad that a lot of them you know that defensive line is so stacked um, that it's going to be tricky for the coaching staff to decide who stays on the team but a yeah. uh, really good showing I think from him and Damone Clark yeah and one thing about Damone is he had that green dot on his helmet which oh, yeah. I thought was really really cool to see from him because we know he talks mm -hmm. to Leighton a lot and I just think it's one of those times in football where you know Leighton's getting older and and it's really cool to see you know he's not passing the torch by any means yet but he's setting up the foundation to be able to pass that torch when the time comes for Damone so it's really cool to see him have that opportunity to have that green dot I was very excited uh, for that and then overshone obviously as we know I mean man he was flying around and he can diagnose plays just and so naturally it, it's part of his so DNA yeah, at this point to diagnose these plays. yeah he's played mm -hmm. every position it's yes, on it's the field so crazy I think it's really cool that <laughs> yeah he knows it everything is really because cool he's played yeah. he's played running back he's played safety played a little wide receiver he's and played some linebacker he's played ev like everything <laughs> yeah and it shows because he's able to yeah. kind of read the mind of whatever is going on or whoever is in front of him uh, mm -hmm. in that play but real quick we have about one minute, and we're already over, so we're going to go around. Who gets your game ball? Uh, Haley, we'll start with you, and then we'll go to Aisha. Oh, who gets my game ball? Uh, yep. For me, it goes to Jalen Tolbert. Um, it goes to Jalen Tolbert because I, you see the fruits of his labor this offseason come to fruition. For him to get that first touchdown, I know, felt incredible for him. So Jalen Tolbert, my MVP. Aisha, tater tots. Game ball. Um, my game ball would go to... My fellow shorty, uh, Deuce Vaughn. I'm gonna give it yep. to him because he 
he said that he wanted to prove the people who believed in him right um, as he plays. That's and a great he, game he ball. came out there. Absolutely. Fantastic quote. He came out there real quick. Soon as soon as it, I mean, it, as soon as the snap was off, like the dude was like, "I'm here." This is what I can do. Yep. He doesn't shy from the moment at all, and his ability was on full display, even so with an offensive line that's not complete yet. So, yeah, Deuce Vaughn. All right, I'm going DeMarvian over Schoen, and it is basic, but it is a good one. Oh, my goodness. DeMarvian has such a natural talent like we're just talking talking about, and this is coming from a guy that really, again, people did not have high expectations for, but what he's done with his talent and what he's done his ability just speaks for itself. So he is not overshown. You heard it here first on Girls Talk. Boys Talk, unfortunately, we are out of time. But the good news, we will be back on Thursday morning, uh, bright and early for you again. Thank you so much for joining us, Haley, out in Oxnard. Please stay warm. Uh, we don't want you freezing. I know Dallas, uh, we just had a cold front come in here with a chilly 95 degrees. I don't know how we are going to survive that cold. But uh, you please stay warm uh, <laughs> over there. Uh, we need you. And uh, we miss you. This is going to be me for the rest of the I, I love that for you. You know, that's going to be us here in our 95-degree cold front <laughs> uh, that we have in yeah. Dallas. i got so many chords going on right now, I <laughs> can't even. <laughs> oh, man. Well, we miss you, Miss Haley. Oh, this Please. is cute. That is cute. <laughs> it is cute. I didn't see that up there. Look at that. I'm not, I've never seen that. What's up, Girls Talk, Boys Talk? Go check this out at the Pro Shop. This there you go. Cute. Look at it. Shameless guys. plug. I know you're trying to wrap this up. Here. Shameless <laughs> plug. You know what? It's worth it if we get a plug in for the Pro Shop there uh, as well. But thank you guys so much for joining us. For Haley, Aisha, and Jess, we will see you on Thursday. Have a great rest of your day. This has been a production of DallasCowboys.com and the Dallas Cowboys Football Club. How about this, Cowboys? Yeah!